Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kairos Has Friends, the show where I sit down with the people that matter to me the most, and those people are my friends. Before we get started today with me and all of my craziness, uh, if you're interested in following, following me on other platforms, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Vibe with Kai. You can also follow me on TikTok and on Snapchat. Follow me on TikTok before it gets banned forever. Follow me now. <laughs> Download it now before it gets banned. Uh, you can follow me there at Kairos Keenan. And obviously, you can follow me on my website at thevibewithkai.com, where I'm always posting blogs and videos and things that will help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. But enough about me. Enough about me and my nonsense. Enough about me and TikTok bans and Facebook posts and Instagram photos and all that nonsense. I'm sitting here with somebody that I love to, like, the end of the world. Uh, we've known each other for quite some time. I think we're going on, like, five years now. Like, I, Which I think, is crazy. I know. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, but we've known each other. It seems like longer, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, we've known each other for quite some time. Um, and, and, and she's somebody that I, I look up to. She has uh, an incredible story. One that, that she, she's on this adventure right now that, that she's still just like living her life despite all of the circumstances and she's doing the best that she can and she's still spreading positivity and, and love. And like, this is why I'm so proud to call her my friend. Uh, I'm sitting here with a, a performer, a teacher, a writer, an adventurer, all of the, anything just listen she might are you a dj you might even be a dj who knows i have no idea i'm <laughs> sitting here with uh christina kosla uh my good friend hi christina how are you i am so happy to be here with you today uh, this makes me so happy because i've i've wanted you to, to to come on this uh podcast interview thing whatever this is <laughs> i wanted I you to come on this for for quite some time and 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 to tell your story and and I'm so happy that this is finally happening. We're, we're recording this on a, a beautiful, crisp Saturday morning. Uh, and we're, you know, now it's not really like summer anymore. It's like the, the, the fall season starting to break in. But, uh, you know, a lot of people love this time of year. And, and I love you. You see that segue I just oh. did? Seamless. Ah, seamless. <laughs> uh, Christina Kozla, you. Before we get into who you are and, and your story, uh, hello, happy pandemic days. How are how, how are you doing? <laughs> it's so funny. I saw a really great um, Twitter post this morning that was yeah. like, "You should now start signing our emails like yours pandemically, <laughs> or like well until the world ends." Um, right. Right. How are you, how are you holding up with with all of the stuff happening did in the world? Did we freeze? Like, oh, did we freeze? I I you're frozen. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Can you see me? Am I moving? No, there I you can go. see. There we go. There we go. We're, we're keeping like, this in. So oh, good. Okay. Let me know if you I get, freeze. You get a really attractive frozen face from me. I hope. I know. <laughs> The well, what's funny is that the the people the people on Spotify they're going to be like, well, I, I mean, I can hear them. What, what's 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 going on? <laughs> um, but no, so the so the world the the world is quote unquote on fire. And then obviously, you know, last night we we learned of the passing of 
of uh, of Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg, which is uh, just a punch in the gut right now. Just a punch and in the gut. that's what it is. I feel gutted. It yeah. Was, I didn't want it to be true. <laughs> I know. I know. I saw, I was in Target, um, like I am, because that's who I am now. I don't even know who I am anymore. Uh, <laughs> I was in Target. It's a and I was urban obligation. Shopping. I think so. Trip to I, I, I was grocery shopping in Target, which is like the most like suburban sentence I've ever said in my life. Uh, but I was in there and I, and I saw the, the, the um, notice come across my phone. I was like, and literally like out loud, I was like, shit. Because mm -hmm. like I want to honor this woman and her legacy and her story and all of this and honestly, Christina, the only thing that I can honestly think of is like, wow, they're really going to politicize this and it's going to be a it's going to be a not good thing for the next 100 something days. I felt like I had been punched in the stomach. I felt as though I had lost a family member. Yeah. And yeah, wanting to honor her passing with a proper amount of grief and respect yes. and devotion and honoring that someone of that, mm -hmm. of that influence and that stature so deserves. But at the same time, you can't help but jump in your brain to November and the time yeah. here and now. Um, and I don't know, it's been circulating a lot, um, but obviously Rosh Hashanah started at yes. yesterday. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've been learning from a lot of my Jewish friends is that someone who passes on the eve of Rosh Hashanah is considered someone of great dignity mm. and great renown. And um, I've even seen it posted in some ways that they help, they're considered somebody who helps bring justice to God's kingdom. Wow. And, so I do have to smile at like, yeah. wow, it, there, there is a spiritual and universal renown and, and what a final blessing and yes. nod to this woman. Uh, well, I mean, like, honestly, like, like rest in power, uh, Justice uh, Ginsburg and, 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 oh man, I just, all I want to do is just celebrate her life. And I, all I can, but all I can think of right now is like, okay, what can I do for the next a hundred something days to just like, like uh, I can't. I don't. Uh, we can talk about this all day. I just. I just. I'm just so like <sighs> right now. Well, um, I think that call to action is what she would have wanted. Yes. You no. Know? Yes. Like her, mm -hmm. she dictated within the last week how much she said her her greatest wish wishes that she would not pass until a new president was installed, yes. and. So it is in that action that we can mm -hmm. honor her. I, yes, I, yes. I think last night, yesterday was for grieving. Maybe we take the time today to honor our grief and honor her mm -hmm. memory. But in her stead, you know, it's like a passing of the baton. Yes, now yes. we're called right. to carry out the justice that she would want to see in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. So <laughs> let's, yes! let's go. Let's, I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so no, rest in power, uh, 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 Justice Ginsburg. Um, you, Christina Kozla, um, you, just you, uh, you have been, uh, was, it, was it since February 2018? Yeah. So, so for the past, I guess at this point, two and a half years, a little over two and a half years, you have been on this incredible self journey and adventure with your life and your health, your emotions, your physicality, all, all of this. Um, and you are, we're talking about fighting a couple seconds ago. You are a fighter. You are a fighter. Okay. And, and, and 
so for for the people that don't know who you are and what's happening right now can you just give like a like a 30,000 foot view of what what is happening so as we all know there's a pandemic going on um what and <laughs> you haven't heard um if you've been living under a rock as you probably should continue to do, yeah no stay there bring make room for me make room for me please <laughs> exactly exactly um so i right now am living out this uh continued health journey uh, in the middle of the pandemic and i was diagnosed back in february of 2018 with a rare soft tissue sarcoma called a desmoid tumor um, statistically, we're talking about between two to four people in a million are diagnosed with this each year, about 900 a year in the United States. Um, and based on my location, it tends to be even slightly more rare. So what that means is I'm fighting an incredibly rare disease and I have this rare diagnosis in a world that's not used to having things that are rare and exceptional. We're, we're right. used to thinking about things in very general terms. So what that means for me is that I am in this weird phase of my accidental advocacy, as I like to call it, where other people are experiencing public health in a new way. Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have a slight advantage because mm -hmm. the things that everybody else is worrying about are things that I've had to worry about mm -hmm. for, for some time now. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it's, it's just, it's almost like my life over the past two years has just been like turned up to a 10 within the pandemic. And um, I'm seeing a lot of things play out uh, within the public mind, just yeah. as they have within my own life. Right. How has it been like during the pandemic for you? Like, do you, I know that this is something like just, I remember like just health wise for you, even before the pandemic, you had to be careful, you know, going outside and, and who you have in, uh, in contact with and who you hug and like all of this stuff, stuff that like we all have to, you know, take into consideration now. Um, you said that it, you had to like, now it's like been dialed up to 10, you know, for a lot of things. Is it one of those things for you that like, you just can't, and part of my ignorance with all this, because I just just have questions. But is it one of those things now that you that you have to like just stay in the house? Like you just like, yeah. Yeah, everybody's in a different place with it, right? And I think in the early days, it was very comforting because we were all making very similar choices. Mm -hmm. All of us were staying at home. Mm -hmm. And now that it's been for me, and I think for the majority of the country, about six months, or I should say on the East Coast, it's been yeah. about six months. Um, Everybody feels differently about things like outdoor dining mm -hmm. or maybe indoor dining, um, yeah. expanding your bubble to include more people. Uh, what it means for me as somebody who's immunocompromised is that I have not had anyone in my apartment since March, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of when my mom came to pick up my dog one weekend when I was too sick and um, my neighbor needed to use the bathroom and, <laughs> and they were having construction work done and they were yeah. both both my mom and the neighbor were lovely and accommodating and kept the mask on, right. you know, Lysol the door on the way out. Right. Um, yeah, so I have not hugged anyone since the beginning of March. Um, I've been poked and prodded for my medical tests. So I've gotten blood work weekly. I've mm -hmm. had two MRIs. And in a way that kind of makes that human connection even harder because I sure. feel a bit more like a lab rat than I mm -hmm. do somebody who gets, um, 
like human touch in a way that is validating and comforting to my spirit. Right. 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 Um, but I have, what I have been able to do is see folks outside. And if we're six feet apart, I can take off my mask and whoever right, I'm with right. take off their mask. Um, but I haven't been in anybody else's home either. The only mm -hmm. places I've been um, indoors, I've made some brief stops in Wawa. Uh, mm -hmm. which, I consider which I feel like if you're in New Jersey, that's just an obligation. Like you just, just go to Wawa. You have to go to the Wawa. <laughs> like, this is good for my soul. Yes. This is, me, uh, this is doing me some good. And you know, yeah. so a brief interaction like that, um, as well as uh, going to different um, medical buildings associated with right. UN. Um, but I had already been essentially semi-quarantined for, yeah. for over a year at that point because I had started um, monthly infusions of doxorubicin. Mm -hmm. So I had finished up my last round in the middle of February oh and I'm like, ready to you know emerge back into the world right and it's like the door opened and then i saw everybody else right? <laughs> they're like no no go back go back <laughs> yeah so um yeah so i i struggle with that a little bit yeah because this has felt like an even more extended time for me mm -hmm. with the things that i had been using as coping mechanisms taken away right. yeah but at the same time i was already up on the puzzle game i was yeah. already <laughs> Like Netflix watch party. Yeah, I've been hooked for over a year. So I felt better equipped in some right, way. Right, right, right. Show others how you can show up for each other without being in the same physical space. Right. And and you on top of all of that, you've been, you know, chronicling this, you know, online in, in, in a lot of different ways. You know, mainly your 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 blog and you know, um and and, and extended length you know kind of like posts you know on instagram and, and facebook just kind of updating people on, on where you stand and and all of that what is it like chronicling everything that you're going through are you doing it for you are you doing it for other people both like what is what is the what is the reasoning that you're chronicling all of this so it started as a way for me to have some form of control when i had no control anywhere else mm -hmm. I couldn't control what my treatment plan was going to be or what my body would feel like, but I could control the story that I was telling. The narrative was mine. And I wanted the narrative to be one that came directly from me and not anyone else. Um, I didn't want to have any whispers about like, oh, we think she's sick, or, mm. you know? And I didn't want people to think I was dying um, because I was not, and I have no intention to anytime soon. Right, yeah, please um, don't, please don't. Yeah, I like you, I so, like you here. <laughs> being in my house. Um, and it also, for me, it felt better to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and inform lots of people at once about what was helping uh, and going on with my life rather than saying the same thing 45 times to 45 different people. Um, it honestly helped with my emotional life, right? Because it, it was easier to say, hey, this is my diagnosis and here's how I'm doing rather than fielding a ton of very well-intentioned and very well-meaning texts and phone calls mm -hmm. and messages. Um, and also because the disease is so rare, um, it was a shout out into the void, right? Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, <laughs> mm -hmm. anybody out there? Anybody else dealing with this? Right, right. And I don't think I anticipated the incredible response that I've gotten from other patients. Sure. 
um, who say, hey, I Googled Desmoid tumor and your blog showed up mm -hmm. or I searched the hashtag Desmoid tumor or Votrient or Serafinib or mm -hmm. any of the names of the medications. And, and I can't believe I found somebody my own age who's yeah. dealing with this. I've gotten messages from all over the world and it's, it's helped me practice my very limited Spanish. <laughs> and, um, I've made very good use of Google Translate, mm -hmm. but my goodness, just like you have this new collection of like internet friends who mm -hmm. feel like real friends. I always say like my online cancer friends, they're yeah. incredible. And they're the people that I, that understand and relate to me better than many others who are in my personal life outside of media. Right now, and I know you used the term accidental advocate uh, earlier, but this seems quite intentional. You know, I'm going to challenge you on this. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, like like this this seems this seems like quite intentional, and 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 rightfully so. You're getting you know this wonderful you know attention and and feedback and and connections and things like that. Um, do you find it comforting, you know, in your journey to to meet so many people that are in similar situations that are still trying to figure this out the same way that you are do you find that comforting and do you use that on a daily basis to keep yourself going and, and positive that is such a great question and i think it goes back to uh, the accidental part i always say this is the worst club with the best members <laughs> You don't want to be a part of this. Nobody wants to either have or have a loved one that has this diagnosis. But if you're going to be here, why not surround yourself with people who will enhance your journey? Mm. Um, and I just use the word journey, which is not a word I typically use. Uh, <laughs> that might be my fault. I, I definitely said journey and adventure <laughs> like 17 times already. Well, so. and, and adventure <laughs> is much more what I choose, right? Because yeah. it's like, choose your own adventure and, mm -hmm. and journey implies that I have to be in a constant state of like spiritual connection and growth mm. that I have to make something of it right where an adventure is like let's see what's gonna happen all right let's go um, <laughs> and so I do have these adventure buddies and mm. um it feels incredible when I get to celebrate somebody else's joy and somebody else's success or milestone it feels amazing when someone can say, oh gosh, yeah, same side effects, don't have any suggestions, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Because mm -hmm. for so, it took me so long to get diagnosed mm -hmm. that I was incredibly invalidated. And there was this level of distance and not understanding. So now I am doubling down and making up for that mm -hmm. lost time in finding connection with others. Right. So it's comforting in the fact that, well, we have each other and, and also deeply sobering in the fact that, gosh, we're all still here. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're all still in the midst of treatments and maybe even life after a successful removal and clear margins and great scans. You're never truly post-cancer or post a diagnosis like this because there's always that voice in the back of your mind like it could come back and we we have people in our community where they have great results for a certain number of years and then something comes back the tumor becomes active and it's time to go to battle again um but i i'm so grateful for the company i keep mm -hmm. because it's a reminder that i'm not crazy right, right. A reminder that um what i'm going through is real and and that there are others who are prepared to comfort me and it's, right. it's 
beautiful. It's really incredible. So can you talk a little bit about the condition itself? You know, like what, what exactly is it and how does it affect you and, and, and a person's body? Yeah. Um, I know more about desmoid tumors than I ever <laughs> wanted to know. I had never heard of it until I Googled it. Most doctors that I've gone to are like, oh, I've heard of that. Oh, wow. It's that um, rare. It is it's it's that, that rare. rare. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so what happened was I, I was having some discomfort in my shoulder okay. um, when I was practicing a lot of yoga. So I was doing a lot of like handstands and arm balances mm -hmm. and I, I just had kind of this pinching feeling and I thought like, well, you're standing on your head. That's <laughs> not, not always like what the human body is inclined to do. So I would sure. back off of these arm balances and these poses and then I'd, I'd go back. And it wasn't until June of 2017 that a dear friend of mine, she noticed, she's like, you know, you look a little swollen around your collarbone. And when you look at yourself all the time, that's something that you can easily miss. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I really think it would be good if you got that checked out. And in the tone that she said it by a person that I loved and respected, I thought, okay, I should do this. As inconvenient as it felt, as nonsensical as it felt, you know, because I was a healthy person. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, so I was told that it was something called a lipoma, which is like a fatty mass that really, it can grow and it can be inconvenient, but the removal is simple and straightforward. Um, so I went on then an incredible uh, walk, a pilgrimage. I did the Camino Santa. I remember, I remember when you did that, yeah. Yeah, and then when I came back and it was time for the surgery, the surgeon uh, came into the recovery room and my mom who was there with me said like, how'd it go? And his first word was, well, it was confusing. And confusing is not a word. Mm -hmm. You want a surgeon who has right. taught right. you what to say. And he said he couldn't find anything and that he had like poked around and like done an exploratory surgery and took a couple of tissue samples, but didn't know what it was uh so but to take advil when i go home um continue taking anti-inflammatories and to do physical therapy and i wasn't content with that because mm -hmm. there's a lot of pain from this exploratory surgery and i so i went to other doctors and it was kind of an echo of the same thing Ugh, physical therapy anti-inflammatories and at this point what should have been post-surgical swelling never went away and it never went down so I went back to, well, I, and at one of the doctor's appointments, um, the orthopedic surgeon said, no, I, I think you, you need to stay the course. It doesn't look like anything serious. I just burst into tears and he was so taken aback. And he said, why are you crying? And I said, something is wrong with my body and nobody can tell me what it is. And I think that was the first time I'd said it out loud. And like, it was this very primal and deep knowing and intuitive mm -hmm. place in my body. Um, so I went back to my primary care physician who I really trusted and she said, I think it's time for you to go see university level healthcare. Um, and so after five doctors and seven or seven doctors and five misdiagnoses, something along those lines, I finally ended up at UPenn and that's when I went to see a thoracic surgeon and he said, he walked in and he said the word sarcoma. And it was suddenly the scariest, mm. but most validating word yeah. that I ever said, because I had been beating the drum of, I'm not okay. This is not right. Something's not right in my body. And other people saying, 
but you look fine, your blood works fine. It's not anything to worry about until I had this doctor who said, oh yeah, this is something to worry about. And so it took 14 days between the biopsy and the official diagnosis. Um, and when I got the diagnosis, like I said, I hit up Google. because I was like, what the heck is this? And what I learned is that there's so much about this that we don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's a very mysterious diagnosis and a diagnosis that is undertreated or not taken seriously, mm -hmm. unless it's by a doctor who knows what these are and have seen the kind of havoc they can wreak on the body. So what started as like a three centimeter size of like a pea um, growth in my body that was causing that initial swelling, they don't, these tumors don't like to be touched. So when I had that surgery and nobody knew what it was, it kind of like awoke the beast, so to oh, speak. Wow. And yeah. it tripled in size in three months. So I now have a grapefruit sized tumor attached to my right clavicle. So what that means in terms of functionality, it means that I'm in a lot of pain. Um, I thought it was a like old wives tale or old veterans joke that you can like sense that it's raining, but I very much can sense when mm -hmm. it's going to rain. My pain does increase and it has to do with barometric pressure, right? When mm -hmm. the barometric pressure drops, there's less pressure kind of compacting everything together. Yeah. Um, the tumor has also taken over my pectoralis major and my pectoralis minor. It's attached to my clavicle and it's grown into like my top three ribs. So what that means is that you have five major muscles in your shoulder group. So the analogy I'd like to use is imagine five people trying to move a piano, okay? Like doing yeah. something hard, like lifting. But now two of those piano movers have like anvils strapped to their back. Wow. I exhaust those other three muscles really easily. And, you know, so muscles that are not associated inherently with my tumor, like my trapezius in my back, is constantly straining and sore because it's working overtime mm -hmm. to make sure that I can... Um, you know, pull a t-shirt on over my head yeah. or lift, reach something off a high shelf. Um, so I've done a lot of physical therapy in, to try to get some of that range of motion back. And that's been great. I've gotten some range of motion back. I'll never have all of it back mm -hmm. from our best understanding. And I have nowhere near the strength I used to. Um, I can't do any weight bearing yoga positions, even like a downward dog, because yeah. um, my muscles don't know how to compensate for this mm. thing that's in my chest. Um, and then on top of that, so that's just having the tumor. And then on top of that, I've been on three different types of oral chemotherapy and one type of intravenous chemotherapy, and they all come with their host of side effects, ranging from um, a reduced immune system. My white blood cell count will go down. I'll have a lot of fatigue. I'll have nausea. I'll have either... Um, like an aversion to food or food doesn't taste the same way to me. It'll taste very metallic. Um, I will feel sometimes I'll get a type of throat infection where like drinking or eating anything feels like swallowing like razor blades or nails or something. And, and sometimes all of this is happening at once. So in trying to fix this thing, it's like chemotherapy is very much like intentionally poisoning your body it's trying to stop these quickly dividing cells but the quickly dividing cells that are elsewhere in your body like your mouth and your gi tract and your stomach or your hair um they get impacted too so that's why you have hair loss or like mm -hmm. for me i suddenly got curly hair out of nowhere or why on my most recent drug my hair started growing in without any pigment 
So oh, okay. I, so it meant I couldn't even diet, right? Mm -hmm. So, and and this, and on top of it, it's just like a, a layer cake of yeah. uh, crazy interactions. And then on top of it, it's rare. And these doctors don't always treat these things with someone my age. So when I report back the side effects, the response will be, huh, without a suggestion of how to manage it. So this takes up so much of my brain space that I very often have to remind myself, okay, if you're feeling short of patience, it's because you're in pain today. Mm -hmm. Or if I feel like I'm not being my best self, I'm trying to remind myself to just be gentle about that. Um, like if it's, if it's a really bad fatigue day, I can't put the same expectations of productivity on myself as I did back in 2016 and 2017. Um, I am relearning my body in treatment and with this tumor in a way where, you know, I had 27 years to learn what my body was and enjoy its capabilities and functions. And now I have to figure out this kind of ever-changing landscape of what it looks like and not just physically, but also mentally and what that, um, and what with living with cancer and, and having this be kind of a chronic condition, how that shapes my thinking and how I have some power over it but I also have to acknowledge that it's real and that mm -hmm. my um, my emotions are valid. How do you? That's I don't. I wish I could just give you like the biggest hug right now, honestly. Um, well, I also feel like, like I jumped into my diagnosis journey. No, and, but I, I, I want I, some info about Desmoids. <laughs> no, I I I because I, I, I want people to know and and so. How do you? with all of that that you just said with all of the prognosis and and rarities and loss of feelings or you know the changing of lives all this stuff how do you continue to have this gorgeous smile on your face every single day right At anytime i see you you always still find a way to uplift yourself and others. And, and you do that. It's, it's, it's like a superhero. And I, I, I commend you and I applaud that because like, there's not many people that can do it for as rare uh, as this cancer may be, you are a rarity yourself. And, and, and I, I'm just, I'm so blessed to just have somebody like you in, in my life, but like how, how do you go about staying so positive despite everything that's happening to you physically, mentally, emotionally? How do you do it? It helps when I can get joy from things that have nothing to do with my cancer life mm. and identity. Mm -hmm. So it's not a stretch for me to smile when we get to hang out or when we're right here getting to connect because mm -hmm. that's still bringing me joy. Um, the other thing, what I love that you have been talking about a lot on your Instagram fangirling right here, um, <laughs> is the importance of empathy. Yes. That was the theme this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, my days are not all smiley mm. and I don't want that to be my only image or like the only message I convey Yes, because like, you know, without empathy, 
these good vibes that you're so good at promoting and putting out there, it just becomes toxic positivity. Yes. And I've had enough of that mm-hmm. to, to be able to smell it. It's, I'm <laughs> so happy you said that. I'm actually really happy you said that because actually the theme this upcoming week for me is we all have a bad day. Because if there's one thing that I hear all the time and I try my best to dispel this, this image of me is that, you know, people will always say, you're always smiling, right? And to your point, I'm not. When, like when I, like this past, the, the past two weeks I've spent in a room by myself in Baltimore quarantined. There, more often than not, I was not smiling and I was on the struggle bus. Mm-hmm. But people don't often see that. But one of the things that I did do um, as I did put out a TikTok and I said, hey guys, listen, you often see me at my highest. You often see me when I'm smiling and, and spreading love and positivity and all that. Uh, but this is me feeling like crap. And I want you guys to see this too. Because I often see a lot of influencers that don't show off, you know, this, uh, like the, the other side of it. Because what they don't, what people don't understand is that all of this positivity and the smiles, it all comes from a place. It all comes from a fight, you know? And, and I think it's important for people to see that because it, it's, it's genuine. I think people need to know that like all of this, all these like good vibes and stuff, it's all genuine because like, I, like I've been through some shit, <laughs> you know? And, and, um, and I, I recognize that other people go through stuff too. And it's not like a comparison. It's not like, a, oh, yeah, well, I went through this. Well, I went through this. Like, it's not about that. It's just about the fact that we all go through stuff. And it's not always rainbows and puppies and, and delicious food. Like, it's not, always, it's not always like that. So it's funny that you bring this up because that's actually the theme for this week is, like, it's not always rainbows and butterflies and that it all comes from someplace. So I'm actually really happy that you said that. I'm just nodding at everything that you're saying in complete <laughs> agreement. And as somebody who has, hey, listeners, <laughs> subscribers, as somebody who has known Kai <laughs> for this number of years, it is authentic and it is genuine. And it's a both and situation and mm. not either or. Mm. The optimism and the things that I'm joyful about doesn't negate my struggle. Yes. I kind of, I love the image of, of a tree, right? Like all of my challenges have given me really deep roots and I can understand other people's challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And I could totally geek out here about the roots of trees, right? But when you have trees in a forest together and, and they've grown next to each other, their, their roots will start to interlock. Mm-hmm. And when one tree doesn't have enough nutrients, it like sends out this, um, this signal within itself to like ask for help and ask yeah. for more nutrients. And it sounds crazy and it sounds totally woo woo and out there, but it's scientific. Mm-hmm. And so I think of my grief as giving me those roots and that ability to feel deeply and to connect with others. Mm-hmm. But I have to keep reaching, right? Like yes. if I'm not physically like reaching up towards the sunlight some days, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. So I have to reach towards the hope. I have to reach for whatever small joy I can get in order to feel 
this this both and right right that i have that i have the roots for sure but that i have somewhere to go i don't mm -hmm. want to get stuck right right and and on top of all of this christina you're also a teacher we didn't even <laughs> we didn't even mention that part you're yeah. actually you're also a, a, a teacher uh and when was it the last become evident through all of my <laughs> metaphor like, hand <laughs> movements yes little ones especially yes and and so uh, when was the when was the last uh, are you you're not teaching right now right are you no, teaching right no. now, right when was no. the last time you got to to be with your students last time i taught in person was march of 2019 how much do you miss it i miss there's a lot of things we can still accomplish with online learning it surprised me but there is in teaching, just as in theater, so when you get to teach theater, it's a joy because mm -hmm. it's goals. There's something that doesn't start with me and it doesn't start with my students. It happens somewhere in between in the physical mm -hmm. air. And that is that teaching magic space. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the space between throwing out a, well, I wonder if, and having my student go and having that gasp or that spark of recognition or that silence where you see the gears start to turn in their mm -hmm. brains and the leaping up and down or or just the ability to stand in a circle with each other mm. and there's you know, we're doing the very best we can right now. All teachers are superheroes. Mm -hmm. uh, parents who are facilitating online learning or, yeah. you know, grownups, caregivers, they're all heroes in facilitating it. And we all know it's not the same. We know that social distancing and teaching is not the same. And we are, you know, we're taking these precautions so that when we come back together again, in whatever whatever semblance of normal we can we can land on, we don't take that handhold and that standing in circles for granted. Yeah. And I can't wait for the day when I see my students able to like hit each other like, oh, it's just like that thing we watched, you know? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. I can't wait to see them give each other a hug when they nail running through right. some lines without any prompts. Um, and in the meantime, continuing to foster those connections, um, I've been fortunate enough to now direct three productions virtually. Oh, that's um, good, okay. And, and for the third one, none of us had ever been in the same space. Some of us had never met each other wow. physically. And yeah. it's a real testament to community um, that we all felt like we still knew each other well. And there were still the normal, like, you know, post-show tears celebrating this beautiful product <laughs> um and that's because we were a we brought our humanity mm -hmm. to the directing experience to the right. performing experience right right and and so through through teaching and then your your adventure with with this with this cancer um you you've received like to, you, to your point before you, you have received like a lot of just support and 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 love and and all of this um 
and you've become like this advocate. And I think if I'm not mistaken, did you, you've, you've done speaking engagements on all of this as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and, and you know, you continue to be this voice for people that, that may not have a voice or may not feel comfortable, you know, talking about things the way that, that, that you have and, and all of that. Um, how can people support this cause and, and, and you and this journey? What can people do? It's a great question. There, sometimes it's a situation when there's not a lot you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it's the littlest thing that makes such a big difference. Um, you know, I think the default answer for many people will tend to be donations, right? And like donations towards research is is so helpful in this mm-hmm. case because it's something that's so underfunded. A rare disease is not going to get the type of donation that's something um, that impacts many people. Um, but I, I don't, especially in this climate right now, I don't yeah. like donation to be the easiest thing. Right. Um, so what you can do is with, with a desmoid tumor, any kind of rare disease is to just listen to the stories of the people that have them. Because when we hear, well, only 900 people a year in the US are diagnosed, each one of those 900 people has a story yeah. and has had physical pain, has a medical um, journey and history. Um, so that's, I would say that's the biggest thing is mm-hmm. get to know us because we're the faces behind the disease. Um, and the other reason that I, I say that is because if I had known, like awareness is one thing, but it's also about that empathy, right? If yeah. I had known what a desmoid tumor was, there would have been a good chance that I would have demanded a biopsy before I had that surgery to Mm -hmm. remove a lipoma that I thought was no big deal. I didn't know that at the time. And so I'm, I'm the first to say, you know, get to know what some of the symptoms are, or at least know the name so that you can mention it in case you have a similar situation or you have a weird MRI say like, Hey, you know, I also heard about this thing. I know it's rare, but if you can test for that too, because the first pathologist that I had, missed us completely completely yeah and it's because he had never seen one before yeah so if you can say i know that you you are the pathologist and you are the expert in this but i'm the expert in my own body and i want to make sure that this is being covered right that's the activism piece that comes Mm -hmm. with the awareness um And besides all of that, I think there's so much intersection. Obviously, we all want to get our individual causes out, but there's so much intersection between desmoid tumors, the the medication I'm going to be starting in a few weeks. My medication is also shows promise in in treating multiple myeloma, a form of leukemia. Oh, wow. So so recognizing that there are like a step forward for a rare cancer Mm -hmm. can lead to doors flowing wide open for these very common cancers Mm -hmm. or something that is more likely to have been heard of, right? So if you choose rare cancer to donate towards, you're not just siloing it towards that 500 a year. It's it's going to the Broad Institute at Harvard and MIT where they look at these tissue samples from Mm -hmm. all of these different 
um, diagnoses and they say, okay, this drug that we've developed, we know it helps desmoids, what else does it help? Right, right. And, and that is where the promise and the excitement mm -hmm. and the, the potential is. You're right. And is, is there a place where people can go to just get more information about this? And yeah, yeah. Where, where can people go? So there is one organization in the United States that's specifically devoted to desmoid tumors, and that is the Desmoid Tumor Research Foundation. So you can find them at dtrf.org. Um, they are a patient advocacy group. They were mm -hmm. founded by, the organization was founded by two women who said no one is doing anything for this mm -hmm. disease. So it came from the patients and we have been so blessed to have these incredible researchers and scientists who dedicate their time to our specific cause. Um, there's an international tumor board that gets together quarterly to review the scans completely free of cost to these individuals to say, they're at a standstill. They're at like mm -hmm. a crossroads with their treatment. What would we recommend? And so you get like, 10 of the greatest minds from around the world who have seen these things to say, here's what I think would be successful. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful connection of both patient advocacy and science. So when you donate to them, you're making lives better for patients. And when you research, you, you get to appreciate um, the science behind um, what's, what's happening in rare disease research and right. how our voice and scientists uh, and researchers and oncologists recognizing it, they're meeting us, right? And they're saying, here's how we're gonna push forward too. Right. And, and you have a blog yourself. Where can people go see your blog? Yeah, so um, I have a blog and it's also my Instagram handle. Um, so you can find me at uh, girlmeetscancer.com. I tend to be a bit more active on uh, Instagram these days. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I use um, the same handle girl meets cancer, um, but it's a little bit more short form. And I tend sure. to turn to the blog when I feel like I have maybe a way I could potentially educate somebody. So there's information mm -hmm. on there of like, what do I say? How do I talk to somebody who right. has cancer or another, you know, life-threatening disease? Or also, like I said, just educating on treatments of desmoid tumors and such. Right. Um, so uh, you can also find links to other interviews and public speaking that I've done before on the blog as well. That's, that's amazing. Let me tell you, one of the best, like one of the, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the nights that I knew that I needed you in my life forever. Um, you, I came over to your house. This was when we were, because uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I directed Christina in, in a production of Into the Woods where she played Cinderella and she was extravagant and she was amazing. Um, and I remember I came over to your house and what, what did you make? You made me, it was, it was a mushroom, was it mushroom? something um oh gosh so i cook good. a lot with mushrooms <laughs> i know it was but yeah it was so it was so good but that's besides the point so i i, I went to went to your your house and you made me dinner and um we watched um bill nye the science guy which at that point i had not seen since i was like a child and i was just transfixed <laughs> on your screen i was like this is the best night ever uh we watched bill nye the science guy and we watched i think that same night did we watch the oa was that the yes, same night we did we just and like and like that was i i remember you weren't you didn't see me do this but uh i remember we we're both watching your your screen uh on your laptop and uh i and i look over at you and i'm like i need her in my life like forever <laughs> she's like she does realize that she's stuck with me forever now right like like there's no takesy backsy now well 
and good because you're stuck with me too. <laughs> but it's also about finding somebody who's the same kind of weird as yes. you are. Yes. And I think immediately there was a recognition. <laughs> You know, it was like, okay, like, you know, getting to meet through the audition process is yes. so weird and yeah. so formal. And, and then getting to be like, oh, you're just as weird as I am. Yeah. That, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> and that's when like, you know, sign sealed the word. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was a done deal. I was like, oh, it's, that's it. She's stuck. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and I'm you're so, I'm so thankful. You're happy about it. That's you know? true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but like, but at the time, I was like, I don't think she understands what she's getting into if she's going to be my friend. Like, I hope she understands. Like that. Like that. This is it. Like, like. Yeah, it's there's just, no going back now. Yeah. No. Like that's that's just this is it is what it is now. So. Yeah, there's also that. Like you know too much. So there's right, a contractual right. obligation. Like, like she fun. could easily just go online and be like, I have a secret to tell about Kairos. He has a weird obsession with Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> you got plenty of dirt on me too. So it goes, it goes both, it goes ways, both ways. And that's why this is so, this is so <laughs> No, I'm so, I'm so happy that, that, um, you know, we continue to stay friends and we continue to, uh, to grow our friendship. And like, like that was only the beginning. And, and now I get to, to look up to you. Uh, I always have, but like, even especially now uh, through all of this, I get to, to look up to you and, and watch you with my own eyes and my own ears. I get to watch and listen to you grow as a person and, and fight this. And, and like, that's so just admirable. Like I, I like it just, you're just on another level to me, uh, like completely. I consider it a, one of the greatest joys in my life to celebrate the accomplishments of friends and mm -hmm. the way that you have taken who you are and found such a natural means of sharing that with the world. And it's no surprise to me that people feel connected to you because it's all authentic. It's all real. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, it's such a joy. It's like just watching somebody take off and like hearing and saying like, yes, I knew. <laughs> Let the record show I knew about this before anybody else. Before it was cool. Before, before, it was before cool. the podcasts and the TikToks yeah, and the Instagrams. I know. <laughs> I, I, I applaud you. I guess the, my, my final question to you is, is this. Um, for anybody that's listening or watching right now that is just feeling down about this year or the, or their life or whatever's happening for them. And they're just feeling this sense of maybe perhaps just wanting to give up or not seeing any hope at all for the, the rest of this year or next year or this day, even for anybody that's feeling that way right now, what would you say to them? I feel the need to like lean in closer because I wish I could physically be present for those people. Um, I want to recognize that pain because it's so real and it's so big. And I want to recognize that hurt and, and that feeling of hopelessness because it can be all encompassing. I've been there and my heart breaks that you're there right now. The only thing I can offer is that I am sure there is some hidden part of you, maybe that you haven't discovered yet, or maybe it's the thing that's kept you going very much up until this day, that is brave enough just for the next breath. It doesn't have to be the full day and it doesn't have to be the full week. Don't look that far ahead. 
just be brave enough to take the next breath because I see your pain, but I also see that bravery and I see that courage. And I have to give a hat tip to Glennon Doyle on that. She says, I see your bravery and I see your grief. And guess what? Your bravery is bigger. And I also want to tell you that there, there are other people out there who feel the same way, who want to help you. The scariest thing to do is admit it to ourselves. And so if you're in your place where you're there and you haven't quite said it yet, if saying it out loud is too much, hop on a crisis text line. If you can't make that call, hop on a crisis text line. And just know that if it doesn't get better right now, it's enough just to play the what if and to say, well, what if the future is a little better? We can default and say, well, what if it continues to get worse? Let's play that same logic into what if it gets better? And what if it becomes extraordinary? Or what if it just becomes normal? And I deeply have the urge to say that you are loved because even if it's not by anyone you think you know, there are people out there who love to offer support and help. And if you can just maybe find moments where you felt held by the universe or God or nature, whatever you want to label it as, try to draw on those moments. And, and may you find the support that you so desperately deserve and the love you so desperately are deserving of. I don't, I don't know if I, I love you. I, I really do. You just, you have this way with words uh, and, and that, that is, is beautiful because I know that you mean every single thing, every single thing that, that comes out. And, and like that, that's, I can, I can only say that about it. Like a, honestly, a handful of people, you know, where I know that the, for a fact that the words that come out of their mouth are just so genuine and true. And they, it's come, it's not just coming from, you know, you know, the, the, the combination of their mouth moving with their tongue and sounds coming out. Like, it's just, it comes from their heart, you know, and, and, you know, you've always been that person to me. You've always been a person that spoke from the heart, you know, even before all of this, you always spoke from the heart. Uh, and we've always connect, our souls connected a long time ago and they will continue to connect and I'm rooting for you. And I, I just, I adore you. Um, for everybody that's listening right now, uh, all of the links that Christina talked about in her, uh, in, 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 in this interview, I'm going to put that in the description. I'm also going to put that, uh, a, a, a some information down below us so you can get more information about all of this. Um, like, like Christina said, do your research. You know, that's the best thing that you could do right now is do your research, uh, understand what is happening, what it's like. And, you know, it, it, it might help you. It might help other people, whatever it may be. Like the, there's not too many cons to just taking a couple moments and just reading up about this. Um, take a couple seconds out of your day this week and just read and understand and listen to people's stories because, um, this is a thing. This is a thing. It's, you know that that's happening. It's it's been happening, and 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 it's important that we talk about it. So, Christina, I love you. Thank you so much for for sitting with me. I know, air hug. Hey, 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 keep, hey, whoa, keep your distance. Keep your distance. Come on now. Come on. You almost got me that time. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I adore. What can I say? 
I adore you. Thank you so much for sitting with me. Everybody else, if you want uh, some more Vibe with Kai, you can visit my platform, my social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Vibe with Kai. You can also follow me on TikTok and on Snapchat at Kairos Keenan. And you can visit my website, thevibewithkai.com, where I'm always posting blogs and videos and things that'll help you do good, feel good, be good, and live a good life full of good vibes. Christina Kozla, everybody. I'm so happy thank that I got this. Thank you. With you. Uh, everybody else, I love y'all. God bless and good vibes.